Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. From time to time on the show, we have AMA episodes, that is, Ask Me Anything. I'd love to answer your questions. If you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. On today's show, we're talking about some of the changes that are taking place in the world of borrowing. As real estate investors, we're very familiar with the difference between good debt and bad debt. Good debt is the debt that's used to purchase income-producing assets. Bad debt is merely for consumption. That's the debt that's used to buy everything from your car to your home renovation. A recent story in the Wall Street Journal illustrates how bad things have become with bad debt. Families across the country are going deep into consumer debt to maintain a middle-class lifestyle, even if they can't afford it. It's not just in the United States. Last year when I was in Mexico, I was astounded when I went into most department stores. Almost anything could be purchased using store credit. So many items that we would normally just purchase in Canada or the U.S. or Europe, instead of having a single price listed two prices. The first price was the price on the store's payment plan. The second price was the actual purchase price for the product. In Mexico, wages are low, and purchasing many items customarily is done using store credit. Cars, college, homes, medical care have all gone up in price over the past couple of decades. But incomes surprisingly, have not changed very much in that time frame. Increasingly, consumers are turning to credit to fill the gap. Student debt, we've talked about this on the show before, has ballooned to $1.5 trillion last year, taking only second place behind mortgage debt. Automotive debt has increased 40% just in the past decade. Adjusted for inflation, it's now $1.3 trillion. Alarmingly, the default rate on automotive debt is way up. Unsecured loans are also up. But the simplest and easiest form of consumer debt is household refinance. Many people are continuing to bury consumer borrowing in the residential mortgage. Inflation is an average, and as with any average, some items rise faster than inflation and others slower than inflation. Wages are up 135% in the past three decades if you neglect inflation. But when you take the government-reported numbers for inflation into account, and I know those are somewhat suspect, incomes really have not moved. College tuitions, though, in the same time period have increased 540% without adjusting for inflation. Healthcare costs are up 276% over that same time period. The middle class is shrinking, and they don't even know it. It's a tax. Inflation is a tax without actually explicitly taxing the population. Now, the Trump administration is reducing how much home equity mortgage borrowers can withdraw through a cash-out refinance. Starting September 1, the Federal Housing Administration, FHA, is going to limit the loan amounts for cash-out refinance to 80% of the home's value or less. Previously, borrowers could take up to 85% of the property's equity. The new loan amount is actually in line with limits already in place at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Cash-out refinances have grown in popularity in the last few years, along with huge increases in home values across the country. Many people have turned to these loans to pay for home improvements, vacations, and many other things to maintain their lifestyle. In 2018, the volume of cash-out refinances grew as mortgage rates rose, making up 63% of all FHA refinance activity through September of last year, up from 39% the previous year. But that uptick in cash-out loans came with a drawback. That's added risk. FHA officials have said that the growth in cash-out refi activity has added risk to the government mortgage program. And back in January, 
foreclosure starts on FHA loans hit a two-year high. So we're starting to see increasing default rates on residential mortgages. We're starting to see increasing default rates on automotive loans and, of course, student debt. I'm personally very grateful to be a real estate investor. I want to accumulate debt, but only the kind of debt that's paid for by the business, by the income generated through the efforts of others. That's good debt. Interest rates are still low in the U.S., and they're probably going to remain low for a while, and they're quite low, in fact, on a historical basis. But when you consider the amount of debt that's in the hand of consumers, an increasing default rate on consumer debt could have a cascade effect on the good debt that we as real estate investors seek to run our business. Lower interest rates are great, but the liquidity in the lending markets is a function of the underwriting rules that the banks put in place. The reduction in leverage ratios announced last week by FHA are just one example. You can expect more of these types of rule changes in the months to come. You can expect lower leverage ratios, even for commercial loans, as banks work to protect their balance sheets. As you think about that, focus your energies now on securing the best terms at the best possible interest rate and lock in for as long as possible. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.